Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is the eighth episode of our 7th Heaven podcast. Yes, the title of this episode is What Will People Say? Uh, dun, so, dun, dun. so what was your first impression of it? Well, I think before we get into first impressions, we kind of have to take a moment and really mourn um, a loss oh. to the world today. So today the news was broken to me. I think it came out last night, though. Yeah, that, it that, came out last night. That Vine is no longer... It's being terminated. Twitter is at putting an end to Vine. Because Twitter is poor. Um, so we obviously will not no longer have a Vine account, and it's sad. But maybe we can get a Snapchat and put the things that were formerly Snapchats on the Snapchat. I don't know. I'm just talking this. I should have thought about this ahead of time. We don't have a Snapchat right now, and we're mourning the loss of our Vine. Also because uh, we obviously record these episodes uh, like a few days in advance of when we re- we release them, you won't be. Yeah, will Vine be gone by the time that this this comes is out? Released? I don't know. I don't know what the timeline is for the Vine termination, but uh, it's it's a sad day. So everybody, enjoy your vines. Enjoy our vines <laughs> for the last time. For yeah, who, for you know who knows. Um, okay, I guess we can go to the first impressions now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, back to the first impressions. <laughs> what was my first impression? Um, I really have to hand it to Seventh Heaven this time around. Um, in the past, when they've been handling serious issues like with drugs or with um, racism, with the church burning down, they've like messed up and they really didn't. They kind of overreacted with the drugs episode, and they didn't really handle the church burning down episode or racism at all in that episode. But here, I think they really did it tactfully. Yeah, and actually, I don't know who wrote those other episodes, but I did notice that Brenda Hampton actually wrote this one. So um, I guess I don't know. She's she can do things correctly, <laughs> sort yeah. of. Well, she she's back on her game with the titles now. It's, like, no longer, like, one-word titles yeah, that are pretty bland. Yeah, this one, and this one left a lot, you know, what what will people say about what? When? Um, yeah, we were kind of intrigued off the get-go. Um, yeah. So, as you can tell from, like, our first impressions, or my first impression anyway, it's kind of like... A serious feel, episode. Yeah, kind of a serious episode. What was your second impression? Um, I was, like, really bored by all the serious parts. I was, <laughs> after we came off of, like, a Halloween and, and the other Saturday, which were kind of, um, like, like you said, like... High-intensity, like... Yeah, like high-intensity high and, like, kind of... Antics. Very absurd. Um, I was, like, sad that there were so many scenes in this one that were so serious. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, standard, you know, Seventh Heaven episode, so... Um, so what we'll do is we'll... We won't talk about the serious part of it until uh, later on in this podcast, but we'll yeah. start with uh, Mary's storyline, um, which is like a pretty quick storyline. It's actually pretty odd as well. They so what is it? We get like Mary is Mary's the, talking to Lucy uh, in their, their bedroom. Uh, Matt comes in wanting to have a conversation with Mary. Um, this is one of Lucy's like. Lucy's oh, Lucy's the worst. worst uh, moment. She kind of just storms off. Yeah, because, I don't know, Matt asks her to leave so he can have an adult conversation with Mary. Um, so Matt starts asking Mary Matt. about Richard. And I wrote down, who's Richard? Because we've never heard about any Richard before. Yeah, and I said that um, they, they definitely were like asking us to infer a lot because he's... He's just introduced into the conversation, like, the whole family has, like, met him, everybody knows him. Everybody has an opinion about Richard beforehand, and this is, we haven't even seen him yet. Yeah. Um, And apparently they've kissed already. Yes, and we know that it took Mary 14 years to 
kiss the well four years with Jeff too. So they're moving pretty quickly. It's getting pretty serious. And we learn that Richard is on the football team. They talk about I don't know how it comes up, but before we see him, we find out he's on the football team. Do we like learn if he's older or not? Because he like makes it a point to. Be like, are you sure you're 14 at some point later in the oh, episode? I think that he might be, like, Matt's age again. Well, Matt's um, going into overprotective brother mode again. Yes. Um, which, I, you know what, I kind of, like, like that. I think it's, like, a cool role for... Not a cool role, but it's, like, an appropriate role for Matt to play in this... It's like doesn't seem over the top. It seems like oh, okay. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? the like, first time with Jeff, it was definitely weird. Yeah, it yeah, was too much. But I think like this is you know he is looking after his little sister. Um, so then, well, Mary is like basically t- t- having this conversation with Matt, and she says something about Richard being different. She goes, "Richard's a really nice guy," and then Matt, um, right before he exits the room, he just goes, "There are no really nice guys." <laughs> Uh, and if Vine was still a thing, I would I would Vine that, but it's not, so... Um, yeah, it, Matt seems to have, like, an impression of Richard, like, that We don't he, really get what the impression is, He just though. kind of, like, offhandedly says that he's dated a lot of girls. Yeah. Uh, and, but, well, like... You're well, like, oh, it's slut-shaming. Yeah, is Matt slut-shaming Richard here, um, which he shouldn't be. Slut-shaming is wrong, guys. Um, but Matt... I think basically what we... What we're that Matt and everybody else in the family kind of doesn't have a very positive impression of Richard. Yeah, and uh, so so then next time we actually meet Richard, because, well, wait, do we meet him before at the school or is it when he shows up at the house? No, we, sh- we meet him at the house. Okay, so the doorbell rings and um, the Rev answers the door or somebody... I think the Rev and Mary answer simultaneously. And I think someone else is there as well because every time the doorbell rings in the house, everybody, everybody runs to the door. Um, and he shows up and he's holding a football and he's like, I just came from practice. And I was like, is he holding the football to show that he came from practice? Like, we're gonna... And then he asks the Rev if he wants to throw the ball around. And I was like, did he come over to their house just to, to play football with the Rev? Because that's kind of what this scene implied. And then the Rev is like, I'm busy. So Mary's like, I want to toss the ball around. In a very like... Yes. They're definitely doing something that isn't sports, and here we are again, that, like, sports isn't actually sports in this show. Um, And what the next scene we have is, like... I'm throwing the ball around. Yeah, which doesn't really happen. It's just, like, they're doing this weird, like... They throw it once, Mary throws it to Richard, and then he runs towards her, and she runs towards him, and then they're just kind of, like, faking back and forth, like they're going to run around each other. And then they just stop in front of each other. And start having a conversation. Yeah. And um, he, she was like, what? Oh, Mary's like, what do you think you're doing? And he was are you like, gonna ta- no, are you going to tackle me? Oh. And he goes, I was going to kiss you. And then goes, and I still am. <laughs> yeah. And, and Mary's like, no, you can't. Like, not here. Not in front of, like. My house. Like, yeah. they were, because they were in uh, the, the Camden's bag. Yeah. Oh, yeah, front yard. And um, they're talking about, like. Their their back and forth like flirting banter is about their futures and how like <laughs> going to Mary, college yeah. she's gonna get a oh because we find out Mary's struggling in math and she's like I gotta get my tests up. oh that's why she doesn't want to get kissed in front of the house she's like I'm, I'll get in trouble because I'm failing math or something okay but the thing is she's not failing math she got a seventy five it's a C yeah, that's that's perfectly acceptable for math um, but so. He, she's talking about how, like, she needs to study and, I don't know, go to college. And he's like, you'll get a basketball scholarship. And then he's like, and I'll get a football scholarship. Yeah, they're all, like, they, they, they're, like, going back and forth, like, complimenting each other. And at some point, 
I think Mary asked, asked, like, what are you going to major in? And he, like, smooth as fuck goes, I'm going to major in you. (laughs) So, yeah, Richard, what a guy. What a guy. Um, The next thing that we have... Oh, well, we do get the the little aside before it's revealed. The the next thing we have is, like, Richard is at... um, I wanted to actually talk about, like, because we said earlier that everybody in the family kind of has an opinion about Richard. So... When uh, Mary and Richard go out to play football, Rev, the Rev and Simon have, like, a very brief conversation about Richard, where the Rev's like, what do you think of him? Like, I don't know what my opinion is or something like that. Oh, yeah, and then Simon is like, oh, well, you have to get used to it, Dad, because Mary's 14, and there's going to be, like, a new Richard, like, a Richard every, a new Richard every week for, like, the next 10 years or something like that, so... Obviously, uh, it just seems like the Rose pretty skeptical of Richard, and we like get back. And to Simon that just doesn't care. care. He's like, like, she's gonna date like a million guys. It's fine. We won't like them all, but maybe we'll like some of them. Um, yeah, and the next scene we have is at the school where Matt, who's kind of just looking for a reason not to like Richard, he's like spying on Richard. Yeah, um, and there's like some st- there's some sort of exchange that happens where Richard. <laughs> okay, wait. The guy that Richard is like exchanging money with, or <laughs> is having this like. Deal he's with? wearing like a backwards Kangol hat, and like he's got like a ponytail. He actually looks like a stereotypical like someone who would be like a stoner in like a high school. Yeah, and then <laughs> when you see him turn his back, he has a skateboard. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, sometimes really like breaking the stereotypes here. <laughs> yeah, um, and so Richard gives this guy money, and then he gets something in an envelope, and Matt's like, "Are you into drugs? Because if it's drugs, you've seen my sister for the last time." And then we learn Richard. This kind of comes back. I didn't even notice when we watched it the first time through that this is kind of like foreshadowing what's to come. And Richard is like, no, it's my book report. Um, I don't have a computer. uh, Or a typewriter. Or a typewriter. I was going to say, I don't remember if he said typewriter. but uh, And he's like, so I have to pay someone to type it for me. So um, first of all, book reports in high school was, (laughs) I, I, I don't... Um, it's a very it's a very elementary assignment. Like, tell me what the book said. But anyway. Especially if we're supposed to assume that he's, like, older than Mary. Yeah, he's definitely, like, Matt. Well, I think he's supposed to be Matt's age. So he's, like, 16. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, so that was um, really just to serve as, like, a foreshadowing for what happens later. We learn that Mary and Richard have a study date. Which really ticks Lucy off. Um, Lucy doesn't really have a storyline in this episode. She kind of just pops Which in. She's great. I know. Uh, she kind of just pops in and has, like, random moments with other being people. Being awful. She yeah. serves only the purpose to be, like, selfish and hate everyone else. So she's the worst. And So um, Mary's telling... Well, no, this is... So Mary's gotten ready for school. And Lucy's like, what are you in such a hurry about? And he's like... And Mary has this line where she goes... I want to go to school so we can finish school and I can come back from school and go on my study date with, or have my study date with uh, Richard. Richard. And Lucy's like, why can't me and Jimmy Moon have a study date? And we learn Mary's like, you and Jimmy Moon aren't dating. And Which, I was like, what are they doing then? Are they? Are they yeah. I, I thought, okay. Well, especially I, given. Especially in the last, in, in the Halloween episode when Jimmy Moon was like, at least I got a, what is it? At, at least she, I got a girl. Yeah. Or at least I got a chick. Does, yeah, no, your no, chick's no, a drag. <laughs> At least I got a girl. Yeah. At least I got, I got one. one. That's yeah. it. Um, and also because earlier in this episode we have a scene where Lucy is talking about Jimmy Moon, which we'll get to later on yeah. in this podcast. But <laughs> yeah, so we're we're being told that they're not dating, and 
this brings me back to like what does what is Seventh Heaven's definition of dating? Yeah, what do they have to like? I guess maybe they haven't like DTR'd or something. I don't know. <laughs> what DTR? Defining the relationship. Oh, I, I've the, never heard that before. Yeah, that's a thing people say the okay. in, on the internet and sometimes IRL. Well, okay, um, IRL, I know. Uh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, they're they're not dating apparently. Um, uh, yeah, so we then fast forward so then to this study date. date. Yeah, so we're at the study date. Um, oh, there's another smoothest fuck line by um, Richard. Richard, uh, she's studying for some geography, history, Ge- yeah, geography. She, it doesn't matter. She's studying. She's studying. He's stu- he's studying. like restless the whole time. Yeah, he's not actually looking at any books, and he he just wants to like go outside and play football and or get some air. He's just looking for any reason not to be sitting at the table studying. And Mary's like, "What are you studying? And what are you studying now?" And he goes, "You." And then they start making out. Yeah, which is the other. That's yeah. He just keeps trying to make out with her as well during uh, the study date. So then it wraps up. Uh, the the phone rings and Richard is like, "Do you want me to get that?" And I'm like, "What a weird thing to say in uh, your girlfriend's or whatever they are is house." And she's like, "Someone will get it." And then, well, she wait. Before that happens, Simon like weirdly interrupts their kissing. Yeah, he just, like, stands really close to them. <laughs> and he opens the door, uh, the fridge door, to get, like... Uh, pickles and chocolate milk. Cho- okay. But we'll get back to that later, why he was well, Why he was doing But he does that. Also, I didn't think that was chocolate milk. I thought it was, like, a gallon of iced tea or something. No, it was chocolate milk. Oh, okay. Um, and he, like, gets caught with the chocolate milk and the pickles. But instead of putting it back or closing the fridge, he just leaves the kitchen. And this family leaving the milk out, a full gallon of chocolate milk, which is kind of an absurd amount of chocolate milk to keep on hand. Um, so, and yeah. he leaves the fridge open. So he leaves. And then, so after the phone rings, you hear Annie calls. Oh, Annie walks into the kitchen, and Richard uh, has chosen an opportune moment to be making out with Mary because she walks in and she's like, Mary, I need to talk to you. And then she, we find out that she forgot to get her math test signed, and it was like the math teacher calling to tell Mrs. Camden that Mary got got a C. Which on also this seems test. absurd. That I don't. I've never yeah. had a teacher call my school before. I mean, a teacher call my school. Teacher call my house before. I feel like that happens, but I can't. I, I, it's, I don't know if it's, like, from personal experience. Or just I, in other television shows. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's a, definitely a thing on TV, I think, where teachers call people's houses. So um, then while Mary is, like, retrieving, she's like, oh, sorry, like, uh, math is... <laughs> I like that. It oh, was yeah. actually pretty funny. Mary had a yeah. funny line where she was like... Oh, because Mary... Because uh, Annie Camden goes... You were doing well. and But you've been slightly... Your grades have been slightly decreasing in, over the past three weeks. And Mary's like, well, the math's been getting harder over the past three weeks. <laughs> actually, I think you Snapchatted me that specific scene, like... <laughs> Like yeah. what, when you were going through this the first time, the around. only one that really stuck out to me that I could remember was when Matt said there are no really nice guys, but that might have been one too. Um, so, so she goes. Well, off. she goes to go get her like test from her room or whatever, and Annie walks into the kitchen, and um, Richard is sitting there having a really hard time trying to pronounce uh, Tanzania. And so she walks up and she's like, "Oh, what are you looking at?" And he's like, "Oh, just some geography." Uh, and she's like, if you need help, I, there's this woman at church, she can tutor you. And he was like, oh, it's not the geography I have trouble with, it's the reading. So we find out that Richard has, like, I don't know, if he obviously can, like, read a little bit, but he's not up to, like, where a high school student should be. So he agrees that he's going to... Well, uh, well, and he likes that, like, this woman who's going to be tutoring 
Richard. Oh, yeah, she's like, she used has, like, to have trouble. Abs- <laughs> she an was, absurd life story. Yeah, she was like, her husband died when she was 40, and she never worked, and she didn't go to school. So at 40, she had to go to school and get her degree. But also, Annie implies that this woman couldn't read until, until she, she was 40. 40. Like, so, and now, like, and she now she's got, like, a, a GED, she went to college, and now she's, like, a, a teacher. A, yeah, a retired a teacher. teacher. So this woman's very old at this point. Um... So, yeah, so it, it ends, like, Richard is like, okay, yes, I'll go to the the tutor. Uh, and uh, Mary comes back, Annie, like, covers for uh, Richard and, like, yeah. not telling uh, Mary what's actually wrong because Richard doesn't want anybody to know. And uh, then at the end, like, he's leaving, and she's like, where's my goodbye kiss? And he goes, I'm not going to kiss you until your math scores get better. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, now he's all on, like, club, like, academia. He's, that like into everybody because the, there is one more scene when they're at school and I think Mary he no he comes up to Mary and he's like I don't think we should study together anymore um, I think partly because we know he has to go see this tutor so like he doesn't want her to know but also he's just like oh he's getting so serious we shouldn't study together anymore and uh, so alright so that's well, that this, well, uh, like- Richard is a person that I don't know if he comes back or not um, I think he does like I have a weird feeling but he's not like someone who like when you when I think of the list of Mary's boyfriends, she well, he's not on it. So well, there's a couple of things like about that like we didn't mention about their relationship. First, being like while Richard's trying to distra- like not distract, but he clearly doesn't want to study because he's having issues studying. He like tries to bribe Mary. He's like, "I'll take you to a chick movie." Oh yes, and she's like, "I don't want to go to a chick movie." And he goes, "That's why I like you so much." Yeah, and like, this, this is another one of these like, like, "Oh, Mary's a different girl. She likes sports and she doesn't like chick movies and she's like relaxed about." Oh yeah, she's like yeah. okay, so yeah, um, because when the, when he's like, "Oh, I think we should study separately," she's just like, "Okay, that's fine." And he was like, "I didn't think you'd be so cool about it." And he's like. That's why she was like, I, well, I trust you. And he was like, well, that's, you know, that's so cool of you. And it's like, yes. Yeah, Mary's so, like, like, they're, they're like, playing Mary up to be, like, this cool girl type. I, I don't know if anybody's, like, seen Gone Girl. But it's basically that, like, whole pitch that the main character from Gone Girl has. Like, that whole big quote about the cool girl. And yeah. And, 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 like, I don't like the way that they're doing it either, yeah. though. Because, like, oh, Mary doesn't get jealous because she's not, like, every other, other like, girl, every, every other woman is going to, like, would be insanely jealous. But. And... Mary, Mary can talk about sports, and Mary plays sports because other women don't do that. Yeah, and, and she like, and she doesn't want to go to a chick movie. So um, we don't like that aspect of her character development. But other than that, like, why can't she just be like a person who's like, oh yeah, go study alone, like, like you know, because that's fine. Um, but yeah, that's basically. We can it. see oh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We don't need to see uh, <laughs> a chick movie. So we're gonna try to like introduce some like weekly segments onto uh, into like our podcast now that we're getting more traction. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> one of the first first ones is like, which we've been doing, I think, like pretty solidly over the past few episodes, is like church outfit of the week, but instead of church outfit, because they don't actually go to church every, or in every episode. Yeah, we have a few just 90s fashion points. Oh, yeah. So, um, the first one is, or the one that I noted at, at least in this episode is Mary's outfit at the end of, uh, at the end of this episode. It's like some sort of homage to, um... It's a little, it's in the middle. It's when, it's before they study, I believe. Well, I just, she's wearing, like, orange pants and... Which I think that I had, like, they're in some variation... Limited to sold an orange pant. 
Um, uh, <laughs> like a plain white shirt, and then over it, like, the, this flowery, like... It was kind of like a... Pl- I don't want to say, like, a plaid, but it was like had, like, boxes yeah. on it, like, different colored orange boxes. I thought the, I thought it was red actually, but I, I, maybe I, right. I, I whatever. But the point is, it was, it was like see. it was like an homage to like the Brady Bunch. It was definitely something I've seen like oh, yes. Greg Brady wear. I feel yeah. like in the Brady Bunch. So uh, that was just my point. Um, and uh, so the other thing was, this has happened twice now, and it does continue to happen because just because I know, um, the Rev at a certain point is putting on a tie, and it is the same color as the shirt, like the collared shirt he is wearing. And this has already happened with Lou with the olive. Uh, the olive shirt and the olive you tie. You guys remember Lou? That's um. That's Renee's, Renee's baby daddy. Yeah. Who, you don't need to remember him. Uh, but and that keeps happening. Like I don't know if that was a thing in the '90s, but like the tie is the exact same color as the shirt, and it just looks weird. And then Ruthie had this number on, which I wrote down. I described it as a pig frock, and it was a pink, like kind of. Um, Your regular like little girls. Yeah, like. I want to say it was like a jumper kind of thing. Um, and it had, a, what, if you're listening in the UK or Australia, not like a jumper, but like... <laughs> not like a sweater. Yeah, not a sweater. It was like one of, a, a, like a dress that... A romper? Girl, yeah, a romp. No, not... Or, all right, too much to... Uh, like a frock. Um, and it just had these little plastic pigs attached to the front, um, and they were like coming off of it, like they were... Like toy pigs, like three D pigs. Three, yeah, three D pigs. Like you could reach out and rip one of these. Like if you ripped one of them off the shirt, you would have a pig figurine. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. So that's it for the the nineties fashion report. Um, let's uh, let's get into Simon's storyline. Um, Simon's storyline actually picks up right in the cold open. Um, oh yeah, it does. So uh, what he do- like what he's doing is. He has an apple and he has an apple stem. And I've, like, never done this before myself, but I have seen it in, like, I feel like other media where you kind of, like, twist the apple, you twist the stem, and until the stem comes off, like, you say a letter every time. And whenever the stem comes off, that letter of the alphabet, like, signifies who your, like, soulmate is or whatever. I saw you do that yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Did I get J for Jimmy Moon? Yes. (laughs) Were you, like, immensely jealous because that's who you want? Um, anyway, so Simon gets a letter G and he's like elated, um, which we find out later after the cold open, uh, when the next scene we have Simon in is him doodling in his notebook, um, (laughs) with like S S and G forever and like hearts and Gabrielle, like written written in all different, written in all different fonts. It's just a page filled of, it's just Gabrielle all over it and, and S and G. Um, so, uh, Annie like kind of picks up on something being up. Because um, she gets like close to him, and he slams the book closed, and like holds it really close to him, and uh, of course she thinks something's weird about that. And in that same scene, the Rev comes home. Now the Rev has no like nothing, has no background about like this Gabrielle or anything that's happening. But he tries to like go for the folder as well. Yeah, Simon starts to walk away and and leaves the folder, and the Rev starts to pick it up, and Simon runs back and, and snatches it out of his hands, and I was like. The Rev didn't even know he was acting weird before. Yeah. Why, why did he go to look in it? So we get introduced to Gabrielle pretty quickly. She is the... Oh, uh, well, before that we have... Um, well, I just said... What does... Does it happen before that when um, he's talking to Ruthie? Yeah, yeah. No, well, so Simon, I, before he talks to Ruthie, he talks to Lucy. And he's like, do you believe in love at first sight? 
and Lucy has this, this like this photo mon- of Jimmy Moon. Wait, first of all, Wait, she's like first of all, it's a mono. Yeah, it's yeah, a monologue. She does a monologue. She like first of all, she says yes, I do. Like, and it's like it's happened to me, and like. <laughs> She starts she's, describing the first time she saw Jimmy Moon well, now. She, like, is staring at a picture of Jimmy Moon. It's basically his, like, class photo. Yeah. And, wait, do, did we, like, recognize what the background was? What was it, lasers? I feel like it was no, lasers. No, it was just, like, a light blue. Oh, like, light a blue. standard, like, powder blue background. All right. Um, but, um, and it has hearts all <laughs> over it. Um, don't worry, guys. I'm there sh- will be a photo there of will this be, yeah, somewhere will, on our media. Somewhere on our media this will be posted. Um... And she, like, talks about the first time they they met. Yes. Um, and which, by the way, we know the first time they met was when Jimmy Moon was like, have people telling you that, have been telling you that I like you? And then, like, she just didn't say anything. But I don't know. She starts describing the scene, which we which we haven't seen, but... Uh, yeah, she goes, like, it's it, it, it was like we were, in that millisecond, it was like we were both hit with lightning. Struck by lightning. Struck by yeah. lightning. But it was, oh, but only we were the ones who noticed. And, like, Simon's great in this episode. He just walks away, Like, yeah. David Gallagher, like, props for, like, his face in this, because he, his skeptic face is great, and then he just walks away. Yeah. Um, so then he goes and he talks to Ruthie, because... Which is the first, what are we doing, we got up this episode. Yes, yeah, she does say, what are we doing, because he's, uh, I think he's just, like in his bed, like, looking sad, um, and she asks, you know, what are we doing? And he asks uh, her if she believes in love at first sight, and she goes, I don't remember the first time I ever looked at anyone. And it's like, this is a very good point. I think <laughs> has some great philosophical lines in it. Yeah, um, so wise, so young. But basically what we learn is that Gabrielle is an exchange student that's or a transfer student that's just come over. Sorry, not exchange. Yeah. And um, that he's that Simon has found the one woman who's he, who he's going to love for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, besides his mother. So then we have this, um, the next thing, the d- d- development in uh, Simon's storyline is um, we have this dinner table scene, and everybody is talking about football, and Annie says something about being in the pigskin pool at church. Uh, and so it starts with, like, Mary says something about, like, oh, Richard likes the Bears, and Annie's like, oh, was that before or after they beat the Cowboys? And then Lucy says something about... Jimmy Moon's opinion on football teams because she's not allowed to have one because she's a woman. Uh, and then Simon starts to say something about, like, Gabrielle's opinion because now they've gone around and, like, said, like, Everybody's what each of their significant, significant other's opinion is about football. Um, and Simon just goes, well, Gabrielle says, and then he cuts himself off and everybody just looks at him. And then the scene ends pretty abruptly um, after... Something having to do with the Rev storyline comes up. We'll get back to that. But the scene ends very abruptly, and we no one ever really finds out who Gabrielle is or, or what's going on. But so. we do get introduced to Gabrielle the next time we see Simon because he is being creepy as fuck um, in this scene. He's like... In the lunch line, yeah. and she's in front of him, and he's just like leaning over and smelling her. And I don't know how she didn't notice because he was doing it for a pretty long time. And then the lunch lady is talking to him, and... Uh, he's, like, not paying attention because he's just so in love. And then he notices, and she's like, do you want peas or corn? And he's like, I'll have what she's having. And we learn. And Gabrielle has her, like, first and only we line, line yes, And yeah. she goes, I'm having corn. Um, no, just a side note about this actress who plays Gabrielle. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. She, she's uh, this actually, her performance in this single episode, 
earned her, what was it? It was like a, a young, young artist award. A young artist award. Or young entertainer award or something. And I think this was her only line. She had this she, one line. She does have like a pretty expressive face later on, but she has Yeah, just, she like continuously has a bunch of like looking at Simon and being distressed and then running away. Yeah, so Simon has the corn and then it cuts to, like, maybe the next day or something. Um, they're in a... Uh, they're at recess. They're at recess. And we have the return of a bunch of children. So we have Nigel, Nigel is back. Remember Nigel from the Color of God episode? Um, he's the other reverend's son. Yeah, and then the racist kid, the racist uh, kid is who, back. Who, he, and he t- continues to be an asshole. And we have the ginger kid that comes back that <laughs> didn't want to be involved in any of the fighting. <laughs> yeah, but he's also friends. He's kind of like an asshole so, now, too. Nigel, like, convinces Simon to go and, like, give uh, Gabrielle this, like, letter, he like, this love note that he's written. That ends, like, P.S. The corn was a good choice. choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of corn talk. Corn is, a, corn is a metaphor for something else. Yes. Um, in this episode. Not being able to reach your goals. Like, <laughs> um, and, like, a racist asshole kid who we uh, actually learned his name. His name is Mark. Yes. Um goes and like he's like what are you doing there simon yeah and he pulls the note out of simon's hand and, and like reads, reads it aloud like dear gabrielle do you like me i like you yeah like you know typical like 10 year old love note yes <laughs> if yeah if you like me circle check yes. the box yeah, it was check like check box. the box um um and she's uh, he like asshole kid mark says something about like oh like simon and gabrielle kissing in a tree and he goes we haven't even kissed yet yeah, and, and then they're like, you have, it's because you have corn breath. And look, Gabrielle <laughs> runs away, and Simon is devastated, and he's humiliated. Oh, so then he doesn't want to go to school the next day. He doesn't. Yeah, he's like, oh, it was bad corn. Yeah. Oh, wait, so this comes back to, so he doesn't want to go to school, like, ever again. So he, it, Annie lets him stay home the next day because she kind of gathers that, like, what's going on. And she was like, okay, like, stay home one day because it's, like, fifth grade, so what is he going to miss? Uh, and... That night when, when Mary and Jeff were, st- oh, God, no, it's Mary and Richard were studying. Um, that's why he pulls out the pickles and the chocolate milk. He's like, will this make me sick? Because he doesn't, he wants to miss a second day. And he's like, oh, I got to make myself legitimately sick to to get out of school for two days in a row. But he doesn't end up doing it. Um, what he then tries to do is tries to get well, Ruthie to, like. Lucy actually has, like, a pretty. Well, before that, he tries to get Ruthie to, like hurt him oh yes and she's so yeah. like he like has like what like a shoe and then a like book, a book and then like, like a, a, a soft baseball bat like a kush ball baseball and we bat. have this will probably be up on some of our social media as well there's just the look of murderous glee on ruby's yeah, like, face she's, she's got about. both her arms like behind her head holding the bat and like they just cut it was like she was like a serial killer holding a knife above her head right before she like Stab someone. Um, but, like, he, like, says stop, and Lucy comes in, and Ruthie, get, Ruthie goes, I never get to have any fun. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so then Lucy is like, this is stupid. You have to go to school. Uh, it's, like, fifth grade, and they're kids, so someone probably threw up today at school or did something stupid, so they're, they're probably over, you know, you know your love letter. Um, so Simon goes to school, and... Uh, as soon as he shows up, Mark is, like, waiting for him and points at him and is, like, says something mean. And then he jumps off of this wall and he splits his pants. And it's basically karma, I guess. Uh, and, and exactly what Lucy said would happen happened. And then he's, he's got everyone's making fun of him because they can see his underwear. 
But like Simon being, uh, you know, the minister, a Camden, the, the Camden, like gives him his jacket to cover up the split in his pants, and because like, it's the '90s and you can tie a jacket around your waist, <laughs> and it's still, and it's you know, it's cool, um, and everything's fine except you know, we don't really get anything else off of that. We don't know if uh, does anything happen with the romance between Simon and Gabrielle. Uh, I think I can say no, uh, pretty definitively. But Gabrielle just, does not come back. Spoiler alert: she's just another person, just passing, but also, passing I the would, night. Would not be nice to this kid. He was like, he's yeah, been horrible to Simon, he's, like, and his friend, and yeah. his friend twice, and he's a racist. Yeah, I don't. Whatever, Ugh. you know, love all or whatever. Uh, the uh, Rev teaches. Love will set us free. All or right, whatever. So happy ending for Simon, I guess. Uh, except he doesn't end up being with Gabrielle. So then we've got the big storyline, the se- the serious storyline. I don't really have a ton to say about this one, but it's the Rev storyline. Um, so the cold open is Annie and all the kids. She's just picked them up from school. Um, she paid $250 to have the car fixed. I didn't get why she picked them up from school, drove them, drove, drove like Lucy, uh, Simon and Ruthie to pick up Mary and Matt and then lets Matt drive. Like, why doesn't, I don't know. Why doesn't she just keep driving? Yeah, why I don't doesn't know. she keep them driving? I don't know. Um, anyway, while they're driving so that, home. Well, I think the whole point about the car repair is to make it so that Annie was in the car, because if the car hadn't been getting repaired, Matt would have just driven them all home, and then uh, they all wouldn't have been. Oh, so, so like, it's just like contrived the, It was reason. just trying to get her, her in the car with them to see it, because um, without that, it would have just been the kids. And I guess that would have taken some of the dramatic effect away. So all the kids and Annie are in the car, and they pull up to a red light, and they see the Rev going into uh, the Glen Oak Lodge Lodge, um, with a woman who is played by Faye Grant. So uh, I guess this is going to be another segment of our show since we've been doing it um, every single episode. And there are so many guest stars um, on this show that it's, it's definitely like... An, almost an, per episode, there's one person that... Like, uh, where do you know that person from? So I thought that Faye Grant was, um, a char- was one, of the peop- one of the characters from Casper. But um, when we looked it up, we got more than not, we thought we would. <laughs> well, the first thing I learned was, I don't know if you guys remember this movie from the early 2000s. It's... Um, Drive Me Crazy. Drive Me Crazy, the Melissa Joan Hart An movie. Adrian Grenier um, film. She's... um. So Faye Grant is uh, Melissa Joan Hart's mother in this in that movie. Oh, but more importantly, <laughs> uh, Faye Grant is Stephen Collins' ex-wife. ex-wife. Now ex-wife. They but were married then. They were married for 27 years. And this is the one who turned the tapes over of his confessions about molesting the children. But also the reason why she, ter- like, I don't know, she's... Uh, not that she she knew about it for years. These were like therapy, like counseling session um, tapes, where he confessed to this. So she was using them to blackmail Stephen Collins to get more out of the divorce than she was entitled to, because obviously he was much more like he had eleven seasons of Seventh Heaven. And she only had this one episode. Yeah, and she had this episode. So um, she's kind of a crappy. They're kind of both awful people because she was like blackmailing him for years. Well, he's uh, um, like. And he's he's debatedly more awful, but yeah, no, 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 he's definitely awful. But like, she knew about this and didn't tell anyone too because she was like, oh, oh yeah, she like, I'm gonna, kept you, like I'm gonna yeah, extort yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, of course they're not. They're, they're, they're both, neither of them are looking good in this scenario. But yeah, yeah so basically, um, Stephen Collins's wife at the time plays the, this woman who he's helping out. Have we said what her pro- what we what her problem is? No. So so he's going into um, 
the Glen Oak Lodge, and he says, like, the reservation's for Camden, and then after the cold open is over, when it cuts back to him at the hotel, they're in the room, and they're talking about how um, her husband abuses her, uh, and, and that's why the reservation was made under his name, so that her husband couldn't find her. Um, and they have a very, very serious and, like, pretty well-written conversation No, it's about, very well done. Like Because she keeps blaming herself, and the Rev is like, none of this is your fault. They talk about her religion, like, she doesn't want to get divorced because of, like, religious objections, and she's like, I said till death, and he was like, well, it, th- that's not the guy that... You, you married. Yeah. Like, you married him, and you made these vows under false pretenses. Like, would you make these vows again now that you know the truth? And she said, no. It's a, it's a very well-done, like... Victim, uh, like the like victim dialect, like like kind of like victim blame, like, like yeah, yeah, her blaming herself, herself and, and like, then, well, you know, I probably rev, could do things better. And the rev, like, making sure to not like, um, what's the word? To understand how she feels and still like, yeah, and still kind of say like, but no, this isn't your you, fault. Yeah, like, I understand fault. like why you're feeling this way, but. You're wrong. Yeah. Your feelings are wrong. Um, and we get, like, this throughout. They're, they have a couple of meetings throughout. And um, as you can tell, like, w- the reason that it's called What Will People Say is because... Because everybody thinks that the Rev is sneaking around with this woman. Abby Morris, that is her name, um, the, the, the character's name. So everybody in town know, has seen, like, the Rev has been going to the Glen Oak Lodge and visiting with this woman. And then at a certain point, they're sitting in, like, a crowded restaurant. And I was like... Really, Rev, you know what people are saying. Like, you had to... And especially because, like, every... uh, So her husband, Jake Morris, um, is, like, I guess, like, well-respected in the town. They all, like... Yeah, he... Like, they know, like, they're like, oh, he makes a lot of money, so he's some sort of professional, and and they're talking about what a lovely couple they were, and it's so crappy that Abby would do this to him. Yeah, so everybody thinks that Abby's having an affair, so they think that it's with Rev. And we have a couple of, like, line... Like... Because, you know, from from the kid's point of view, it seems like he is doing... He is and and Annie's kind of not responding to it, because I have this one line written down where I think Matt's asking her about it, or Simon, and she says, well, your dad works with women all the time, but it's just like she's like trying not to let it bother her because she knows people are talking and she knows that the kids are like upset about it. Yeah, which... So I have like a couple things to say about that. I, I don't think we've ever, we're ever like meant to believe that Annie actually thinks that the Rev is cheating on her. Like, I, I think, like, Annie knows for sure that he's not. Like, she's just, you know... But they do show her, like, compulsively cleaning. Yeah. She's, like, got, like, these, like, and, <laughs> distracting like, she, like, herself. And she, like, makes his favorite meal, and she tries to, like... Um, she's like, oh, come have, l- like, t- come yeah, have lunch come with me. Yeah, come home for lunch. And, you know, and like, today. she's, like, trying... But the thing is, like, her kid, like, her kids, like, go up to her, like, multiple times saying, like, what's going on with Dad, what's going on with Dad. She can very easily be, like, nothing, like, this is just yeah. church stuff. Like, he's not well, stepping she, out on me or anything. Like, yeah, well, she does say that, but uh, I don't know. Um, but, like, we have, um, is, like, Simon asks, is Dad dating or, yeah. or something? We have Matt, like, going up to uh, the Rev, being, um, being like, you can't do this to Mom, like, all yeah. I care and about. And then Mary has a great line when uh, the Rev overhears her telling... Lucy about her study date with Richard and he like peeks his head in and he, he asks about something that he had overheard mm-hmm. and um, he was like oh I just overheard it and Mary was like yeah you're getting real good at sneaking around lately aren't you <laughs> so 
That was good, solid, going right, right for the. The the only person who who had a really like like surprisingly had like a logical response to all this was Lucy, because um. The yeah, she was like, I understand you can't tell us like every all the confidential. Like I can't stuff. make any like I can't make any decisions without knowing all the information. Yeah, she's and you know what she's like. You would expect with like marital trouble between the parents. You would expect Mary to be like or Lucy. To I'm be. sorry, Lucy to be like outraged and you know her family's falling apart. Uh, so. She actually was not awful. I mean, she was awful in this episode, but not in response to this storyline. So, um, but what? So throughout the episode, we have scenes between the Rev and Abby Morris. The Rev trying to tell her, "Oh, like you should go to New York and be with your she's sister." Got a sister in New York, you should go get away from him. Which like goes harks back to you know what we said a few episodes back. That Brenda the, Hampton only knows about three states. And, and <laughs> it's Arizona, and, New York, and, and California. California. So, um, and we have Jake Morris, who comes over and goes to the rev, like, I've heard the rumors that, like, it's you that my wife is cheating on me with, and, like, he tries to... Say, like, oh, she makes up these lies that I abuse her to try to, like, this is, like, the the fifth affair she's had, because she keeps telling people that I'm abusing her and they feel bad for her. And then he says... um, I don't believe... Yeah, he doesn't believe in divorce either, he says... And um, he, like, tries... Okay, so he also blames the reason the reason that Abby does this on Abby having an abusive father. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> and, like, I just... Well, like, this guy, like, pissed me off on so many levels. Um, just, like... Ugh. Yeah. He's a, he's a scumbag. Um, so... But, you know, happy ending, I guess. Yeah, so... Um, Abby. Well, actually, okay. Well, well, like, well, they go to they go to the hotel. So Jake follows goes to the hotel, and the Rev is following him, and, and then, then Matt, Matt is, is following, following the, the Rev. Rev. So the, the Jake goes to the hotel, and he's like, "Oh, uh, I'm looking for you know, uh, I'm meeting my wife here. It's our anniversary. Uh, the reservation is under Morris." And then the Rev walks in, and he's like, "She checked out this morning." And then the guy who like works at the hotel, another guy who works at the hotel, is like, "Everything okay, Reverend?" Because again, everybody defers to the Rev. Everybody does everything that the Rev wants. Um, and then, uh, like the Rev is like, she, you know, whatever. She's leaving you. Stop trying to find her. Uh, and then the next thing is she's. At the Camden's house. Well, my thing was, like, how does Matt... Matt does, like, a total, like, 180 here. Like, at first he's, like, pissed off at his dad. And then all of a sudden he knows that his dad's protecting this woman well, from, he like, heard an them, abusive he, hus- husband. He, he was, like, not in the hotel lobby, but he's, like, right outside of the doorway. And he overheard the Rev and Jake, like, fighting. Right, So right. maybe he gathered, gathered enough. Like, I don't exactly remember what was said during that, but maybe at some point at that conversation he, like, realized what was going on. Um, and at, at some point in, like, later on in the episode, the Rev, like, opens up to Annie about what actually is going on. Oh, yeah, and Annie knew everything all along that this woman was being abused because she's like, oh, she's educated, but she doesn't work because he won't let her, and they only have, they have enough money to have two cars, but they only have one car, just, she like, all this She's not allowed to have any friends. She's not allowed to join any of the church groups. Yeah, she's pretty isolated, so, um, and I was like, well, she saw them together at the hotel, so... If she just knew, if she had all this information already, how how could she not put that together when they first saw them? Um, so, and the next thing that we have happening is like is um, Abby's got her bag packed. Yeah, and she's coming, and she's, the Rev is going to take her to like the airport because she's going to go to New York to be with her sister, and she's leaving Jake, and Jake shows up at the house at the Rev's 
house. And then there's this, like, very brief, <laughs> but very, like... Physical altercation. Physical, like, altercation. Okay, well, oh, we did do our gay subtext of the week. Aww. Aww. Who was it? Oh, it was Jake, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so... They're in the I kind of want to go back. All right, so when Jake comes over and he's talking to the Rev and trying to convince the Rev that Abby's a liar and he's not abusing her... Um, also, yeah, this is going to be a thing now. Apparently, yeah, I this, guess. this gay subtext of the. Episode. I don't know why we. I don't know why what, what exactly made me read it into this time, other than you were like, "Oh, they're in the love den," and I was like, "Oh, I see." And because they all you want a piece of the, the Rev's action, <laughs> because because we like the whole the rumors around town are that. Um, it's Abby that is having an affair with the Rev. Oh, and I was like, oh, but it's actually, actually him. It's actually Jake that's having the affair. And I didn't even say anything this time, guys. So you can't it's, blame it on me. It's just, I'm admitting it this time. It's just, ha- it's just happening now. Um, but yeah, so they, there's a, so fast forward back to what we were talking about. They, like, Jake tries to put like, Another punch. pathetic fight. And I, I said at this point, I was like, well, doesn't, yeah, Jake tries to punch the Rev. And I was like, doesn't Jake know what the Rev did to Henry Bernard? <laughs> about to get his ass kicked yeah, by Yeah, and Jake rev. has these lines like, she'll do what I want her, what I tell her to. Um, she'll never, pr- wait, I love this. This is my favorite, this is my favorite line in the episode. Jake goes, she'll never press charges. And then so matter-of-factly, I think it's just because of like, he mentions like what year it is. He just goes, where you been, Jake? This is 1996. He's like, she doesn't have to press the charges. Two broken <laughs> ribs are, like, evidence enough. Yeah, like, she, he broke two of her ribs, so, like, the police are going to arrest you. Was but, like, Stephen Collins looks so menacing when he was, like, almost choking J- Jake, and he's like, you don't want to go there. Um, like, before yeah, and then happened. and then Jake just gives up, and, like, the Rev, oh, it's like, when he's fixing his hair after it, oh, uh, yeah. he's like... So much hair that he just had to... And, like, know. he has this, like, threatening thing where he's like, oh, because Jake's like, I can follow her to New York if I want. And he's like, well, if you do, I have a judge friend there, but I also have oh, other yeah. friends who are outside the law. Yeah, he's, like, th- threatening, first of all, to, like, interfere with... The, like, to, to obstruct justice. And then also he's like, but I also know people in, like, gangs who can, like... Which, okay, Rev. <laughs> that will take care of you. Um, uh, but, okay, and, all right. end of story, he gets arrested. Yeah, because when, when he comes at the oh when he, when the rev and him are like first exchanging words uh Annie tells like one of the kids to call 911 so in a happy another happy ending he gets arrested the rev was never cheating all's well in Glen Oak uh oh we were we were int- this is this like not really that important in this episode we're introduced to Mrs. Beaker who is terrible, and she's just, like, okay, serves I, like, as, like, the, the, the town like, gossip. She's, like, worse than Lucy in this episode. Yeah, and, and she just keeps popping up in random places um, when Annie is with Ruthie, and she's, like, oh, just asking a lot of questions about, like, their marriage and stuff, and Annie is obviously disgusted with this woman. She gives her some pretty good side, side eye. eye. Really good side and, eye. And Ruthie, too, is like, oh, do we, like, do we do have we like, to... Do we like that? We, do we like that woman? Uh, yeah, and Annie's like, we try to like everyone. <laughs> but you can tell, you know, she's had it. But this woman's a recurring character, and she's awful. So, so this episode, like, reminded me pretty instantaneously of um, an episode of Boy Meets World, um, where it's like a similar setup where uh, this girl Claire is getting abused is getting has an abusive father and Sean kind of takes her in and everybody thinks that Sean and Claire are like sleeping together but 
actually like Sean's protecting her similar like kind of parallel with everybody thinks the Rev and Abby are sleeping together but the Rev is just protecting her and, and they, they like, came out pretty much simultaneously yeah, right? fun fact um, so this episode came out what like I think November 11th or something yeah and the, that Boy Meets episode Boy Meets World episode came out November 8th um, so there's no possible way that anyone stole like <laughs> no one stole this from one another like, but they both did the same exact thing uh, they both handled abuse quite well um, so I guess that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, that's also all that I have. All right. So I, for the reading, uh, I forget what, what we assigned the characters to. Three, that's like a, an Annie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, one Lucy, two Rev, Because I'm thinking Annie. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a three. Three out of seven. Just because I know, like, they were, like, handling, like, a serious subject, but... I was just bored at a lot of times. And also, uh, the whole thing with Simon, I just, I didn't like that storyline. Um. Corn breath. I think, I I have to start remembering when I give, like, ratings for other episodes. Because that's usually how I base it off of. You have to, yeah. Yeah, well. I don't remember, I think I gave, like, a four or something in last week's episode. Yeah, yeah. I think it's three. Agreeing. Yeah, I mean, I don't. We don't even know. I'll start making. That's what you did. Okay. Well, you know what? I I actually liked how well that they dealt with this, and I want to give props where props are due. So I'm going to do a three point five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, So sadly, of course, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we no longer have a vine, but we still have a ton of other things all over the internet. Um, So of course, uh, if you like us, subscribe and rate on iTunes. Uh, and then we... We love ratings, guys. Love ratings. We need more, validation. More Please ratings. validate us. And, um, so, and then we have SoundCloud. Uh, we're at Camden Cash Show on Twitter. Although I might boycott Twitter now that they took Vine away from me. Um, CamdenCast.tumblr.com. Uh, CamdenCast on Facebook. Yeah. Like us on there. Okay, so that's a oh, wrap. We have, you know, remember our Gmail, which I still I don't feel like. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're like camdencast at gmail.com. We haven't gotten any emails, so we're a little bit sad. Okay, so um, we'll see you on Saturday for Season 1, Episode 9. It's a wrap on Season 1, Episode 8, What Will People Say? Um, I've been Tandy. <laughs> been t- okay. Yes, I have. And I've been Aaron, <laughs> but that might change next episode. And this was Cameron Cast. Bye.